God, hallelujah. Good morning, and welcome to Word Live Ministries, amen. Thank you, Jesus. We welcome you all this morning, and uh, yeah, as you well know, we're, we're always excited about the opportunity to share God's Word. We're always looking for the opportunity to, to preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And um, we're thankful. I, I want to, can you put that screen up? Um, about our church, right, right quick. Um, I just want to, I love sharing it. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. It says here, we say, welcome to Word Life Ministry, where Jesus Christ is Lord. Word Life Ministries is Church that's birthed out of Christ. Amen. Isn't that a great place to be? Yes. Birthed out of Christ. To be like our victorious Christ. A victorious church. A reigning church. And a companion with him in his glory. I think you should sleep on that. Amen. Every believer should sleep on that. That we are birthed out of Christ. And we're victorious because we're in Christ Jesus. Or we're victorious Christ because our Christ, I mean a victorious church or people. Because our Savior is victorious. Amen. Amen. We're a victorious church and we reign. We're a reigning church. Reign when? Now in this life. Reign over what? Over all the life circumstances and all the failures. We reign over those things because we now have the victory. In Christ Jesus, we are now companions with him in his glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. Last week we got to talk about resurrection life. Amen. And we saw, and we were talking about, we got over, we started to talk about the blood of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, the work was not finished on the cross. What was finished, when he said it was finished, the Old Testament was done with. The Old Covenant was done. But the work had not yet been completed. There was still, even after he resurrected, there was something else that Jesus Christ had to do. And it had to do with his blood. Amen? Amen. In other words, he had to take his blood in before the Father. The Scripture tells us that he... And we'll see this in, in verses of Scripture. He basically sprinkled, sprinkled his blood over the affairs of the kingdom of heaven, rather. And, uh, and he took his blood into the Father. And, uh, and his Father was satisfied. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we want to understand the blood. I want, we want to have some idea of understanding the save, Savior's blood and, and what it means to you and I. Now, the blood is primarily... Now I'm saying first, I'm not saying only, for the Father, for God the Father. The blood is for atonement. And, 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 and first deals with our standing before God. The blood deals with our standing before God because we needed, we needed forgiveness for sins that were charged to us and sins that we committed. So that we didn't come, come under the judgment of them. And that they would be forgiven. And, and not because God overlooks sin, but because he sees the blood. 
because he sees the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So the blood is primarily for God. All right? If we are to ever uh, have a, a true understanding of the blood of Jesus, um, we're going to have to first understand uh, how God values the blood. Amen. You, you can turn that off. It's not going to affect this. I don't think. Just make it much more. Thank you. And we have to get that figured out. Amen. All right. So we have to first, you know, if you're ever going to understand the, the value of the blood, you got to understand how God values it. How, how values it. It, it. If I don't understand the value that God placed on the blood, I'm not going to understand the value it has for me. Does that make sense this morning? Yes. And only as the estimate that God puts on the blood of Christ is made, to, uh, is made known to me uh, by the Holy Spirit. Notice I said by the Holy Spirit that I'm going to come into the uh, into the good of it for myself and find and find out how precious this blood is to me. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. But the first aspect of the blood is is Godward. It's towards God. Now, throughout the throughout the, the Old and the New Testament, the word blood is used in, in connection with the idea of atonement. What is atonement? Reconciliation. A purging, a cleansing, a pardon, appeasement. And over a hundred times, and throughout, uh, uh, you'll see it uh, 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 over a hundred times, and you'll see that it's something for God. Amen? Amen. We'll get deeper into it. You'll, you'll, hopefully you'll get a better understanding. In the Old Testament calendar, there's one day that had an effect on all on the matters. Now listen to what I'm saying here. There's one day that had an effect on the matters of sins. I said, of sins. All right? And that day is the Day of Atonement. All right? Um, and, and nothing, there's no, nothing else that describes or gives a description of that day uh, better than that word atonement. And in, in Leviticus chapter 16, let's go look at Levit Leviticus chapter 16. Okay. And we're going to look at, uh, I'm just going to give you, uh, let me see. Verse, I'm going to start at verse 6. And Aaron shall offer his bullet of the sin offering which is for himself and make an atonement and make atonement for himself and for his house. And he shall take two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Notice what it said. One of these was for what? Was for the was for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. In other words, uh, the scapegoat, the other goat was one, one's going to be sacrificed, and the other one's going to, the, the priest will lay hands on him, and, and he's going to put all, all the sin and, and everything, and, and, you know, he's going to be accused of everything, and then they're going to let him, they're going to release him and let him go, okay? That's just a quick thing. He's going to be released. And Aaron cast lots upon two goats, a lot for the Lord, and and the other for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell upon and offer him for a sin offering. So this one's going to be killed. He 
He's not going to have any spider wrinkle on him. It's going to be perfect. And this one's going to be killed. His blood is going to be shed. Okay? So, on the Day of Atonement, the blood was taken from the sin offering and brought into the most holy place. And there it was sprinkled before the Lord seven times. Okay, God told him to sprinkle it before the Lord seven times. Okay? Um, let me... Alright, let's read. And he shall take, verse 14, And he shall take of the, of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. Then shall he kill the goat of sin offering that is for the people and bring the blood within the veil and to do what that blood as he do with that blood as uh, as he did with the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it on the mercy seat before the mercy seat. Okay. So in this operation on the day of the sin offering that it was offered, it was offered publicly in the tabernacle. Okay? Everything was in plain view and could be seen, it, it was seen by everybody. But the Lord commanded that no man should enter the tabernacle itself except who? Except the high priest. Okay? It was he alone that took the blood and, and going into the most holy place and, and sprinkled it there to make atonement uh, for sins. It was making atonement uh, before the Lord. Why? Because the high priest was a type of who? He was a type of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And he was a type of Jesus and his redemptive work. He was a type. And so in that figure, he was the one that did the work. Not, not one, but the, highest, but the high priest could draw, uh, he could draw no, near and he could go in there. And, I mean, no one else could, but he could. No one but the high priest could do that. All right? So connected to his going in there, um, the blood was presented. So he presented the blood to God as something that God would accept. And notice what I'm saying here. Stay with me. Now, he was offering for sins, the sins that they committed, right? Uh, and, and I'm going to come back to that, I'm, you know, here in a little bit. And, uh, and it was something that, that God would, would accept and something that God, uh, which God could find as satisfactory, Okay. It was a transaction between the high priest and God in the sanctuary. Away, away from the eyes of the people who would benefit from it. They couldn't see it. The people that were going to benefit from it, they, they couldn't see it. And the Lord required that the blood is for... The Lord required that because the blood is for the Lord first. Does that make sense this morning? Yes. yes. Am, I, am, am I making it clear? If you're not clear, let me know. But even before this, it's described in Exodus chapter 13, 12, look at the 12, 13. Exodus 12, verse 13. So here we're going to see the blood shedding for the Passover lamb in Egypt. Then shall he kill the goat of the... Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So here we see the blood again. Alright? So, 
The shedding of the blood of the Passover lamb in Egypt was for Israel's redemption. All right? The blood was put on the lintel and on the doorpost. Uh, um, and, uh, and so when they saw God, the, the people that were in the house eating, they were feasting on the body because the body had to be eaten. All right? So the, of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the lamb. It was being eaten. And so, but the blood, when God saw the blood, he, passed, he would pass over. All right? So that's another illustration that the blood was not to man, but it was to God. It was for man, but it was to God first. Right. Because God needed to see the blood in order to do what? In other words, the blood brought satisfaction. Everybody say, God is satisfied with the blood. God is satisfied, satisfied with the blood. With the blood. Amen. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. So God is satisfied. So the God of holiness and righteousness, he demanded that a sinner's life should be given for man. Same way he demanded that that land be perfect uh, in, in the, under the old covenant, he demanded that this sacrifice be perfect also. That it had to be a sinless man, someone who did not owe a debt to sin, that he his blood should be given for mankind. All right. So there's life. Why? Because there's life in the blood, and the blood should be poured out for me and for you. The blood had to be poured out for you and I. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for the blood. It had to be poured out for my, not sins, but my sin. Yeah, I know you're wondering what the difference is. In the Old Testament, it was for sin. But under the New Covenant, it's for all sin. Every sin. Let me say it again. All sin Every sin. I'm going somewhere with that. Stay with me in it. So God demanded that the blood be present in order to satisfy his own right, satisfy his own righteousness. The blood of Christ, holy, listen to this, this is important. The blood of Christ, holy, satisfies God. That's holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. What does that mean? Entirely. Totally. The whole amount, all sin, everything, all sin, everything. Now, because of that, the believer has access. One of the biggest problems is, is that we don't know that we have access into the presence of God. And I'm going to show you why. The blood has satisfied God, therefore, it has to satisfy us all. It has to satisfy us also. Alright? So there's a second value that is toward man or manward. In the cleansing of our conscience. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22. Now I know this is not a jump up and down message yet. But praise God I'm hoping you're going to understand where we're going with this. Because I hear people when they talk about the blood of Jesus and it makes me wonder sometimes if they really understand what the blood is and what it accomplished. Notice why I said accomplished. Not what it's going to accomplish, right. but what it has already accomplished. So here it says, Let us draw near with the true heart and the full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure.
pure water. Now listen to me. Notice what it says. It does not say that it will clean our heart. It says having our, having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. An evil conscience. Conscience. Alright? Now, it didn't say a clean heart because we know that our heart was no good. The heart was no good and, and, and the blood wasn't for the heart in that respect. It doesn't say clean. Turn over to Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9. The heart was sick. The heart of man was sick. I'm going to show you. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9. It says here, the heart is what? Is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. So the heart was sick. It was deceitful. Who can know it? So the blood wasn't for the heart. The, he had to give us a new heart. Yes. Remember we talked about that in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. He had to give us a new heart because that heart was so sick. It was sick. Sick, sick. Amen. It was deceitful. So he had to give us a new heart. Jeremiah, I mean Ezekiel chapter 36. 6 and verse 26. He says, uh, he says, uh, a new heart. Good. Alright, take time. You stay where you can. Should have had some open here. He says, a new heart also will I give you. A new heart. So we had to have what kind of heart? A new heart. So this has, when we talk about Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, we're not talking about having a clean heart. It's talking about our conscience. Amen. Having, uh, it says, uh, uh, having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. What does it mean? It means that there's something that intervenes between me and the Father. And as a result, I have an evil conscience whenever I seek to approach Him. And it'll cause me not to approach Him, it'll cause me not to trust Him. Or to believe that he wants to help me because there's this thing, there's a barrier between I and him. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. There's something that constantly reminds me of a barrier that stands between me and him. All right. But now... When I understand the blood and what it accomplished now through the operation of the blood, and I understand that this barrier has now been what? It's been removed. The barrier has now been removed, and, 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 and because my reality, because God reveals it to me through his word, that's why it's important to be in his word. That's why it's important to understand the word of God. Because we got to know that the blood has dealt with my sin, with the sin issue. And so my sin will no longer keep me at bay from God. That barrier, the thing that kept me from God, has been removed because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, when it's revealed to me, and I believe and accept it, my conscience is clean. It's clear, I put it that way. And my sense of guilt is removed. And now I no longer have an evil conscience. 
I don't have anything convincing me that I'm, no, I'm just rotten and no good, even though I'm a born-again believer. Even though the blood that Jesus poured out for me, the blood that poured out, he was poured out for me, that there, those barriers would be removed. His blood was taken into the Holy of Holies before God that I might be declared righteous, that I might be declared not guilty. It was, it, he was a, a propitiation for me. It was a satisfactory substitute. It, it, it was a satisfactory sacrifice for me. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I need to know Let's look at something here. So now I can face the adversary. Because it's him who likes to bring in this doubt and unbelief. See, now Satan, let's go over to uh, Revelation chapter 12. And we're going to look at verse, I'm going to start at verse 10. Revelation chapter 10. Chapter 12. Uh, chapter 12, I'm sorry. And we're going to start at verse 10. All right. And it says here, this Johnny says, And I heard a loud voice saying in, in heaven, Now has come, listen to this, this, is, this should be enough for all of us. Now has come salvation. Now has come salvation and strength. Salvation for who? For me and you, from those of us who accept Jesus Christ. Now has come salvation. And now has come strength. And the kingdom of our God, and the kingdom of our God. Now has come salvation, now has come strength, and now has come the kingdom of our God. And he says here, listen now. And the power of his Christ. Alright, let's stop here. Let me, let me go over this again. This is for me, believe, for me as a believer and for you as a believer. This is for every believer. He said, now, because of what Jesus did, because he has finished his work, because the blood, his blood has satisfied the wrath of God, he says, uh, now is come salvation for me. Now is come strength for me. And the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ Amen. for me and you as believers. Right. What remains but praise. That's right. Amen. Amen. And then when it goes here, it says, For the accuser of the brethren is cast down. It said he is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. I want you to see something here. He no longer has this access. Right. It says, for the accuser of the brethren is cast down. So he doesn't have this access to go before God and accuse you and me of sin. Or sins up. One, ten, thousands of sins. He doesn't have this access. Which accused, notice it says, accused them before our God day and night. Oh, but God, the next verse. And they overcame him, when we overcome him, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Yes. 
How do we overcome it? By the blood of the Lamb. The blood speaks for you and me. So that was why I, I asked the question, you know, last week, and not to not put anybody, you know, what how they interpret this thing, is that I plead the blood. I wasn't trying to knock that that at all. I mean, I'm trying to understand where that came from, and I can see how that how that could be interpreted that way. But I I would say that the blood of the lamb has spoke for me. It's already done. I don't need the blood to do anything else. It has done it. It has made me righteous. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not about me cleaning the blood over people and over my children and my family. No, no. I'm righteous before God. Now it's about promise. So now it's about me now speaking the promises of God because I, have, I am a partaker of his life and nature. I'm a partner with him in this life that we have. In Christ Jesus, the life that he has is not just his life anymore. It is his life, but he's invited me in to partake of that life. Amen. So now I change the way I speak. I have the blood of the Lamb, which is the legal side of my redemption. Amen. I am declared not guilty. I am declared righteous because of the blood of the Lamb. Now it is my word, it is the word of my testimony that must be at work. Yes, Lord. I must speak the word of God over every circumstance and situation because it is a reality because of the blood right. that made me righteous, that brought me the life of Jesus Christ that has given me eternal life, a life without beginning and a life without ending, a life of power. It says over in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19, it speaks of the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. I am there. The blood has spoken. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. You see, the issue is not that he can accuse me before God, but the issue is that he is a deceiver who can accuse me to myself who wants to make me to see my unworthiness because of something that I may have done so he can convince me of that. He's no longer can accuse me before God because as far as God, the blood, when we said the blood was primarily before God, that he would see me as righteous. The enemy wants to convince me that I'm not worthy, that it is not so. That I fail God, that I can continue to fail God, so that I won't have any confidence towards God. That's right. He knows who I am. Yeah. Do I know who I am? That's right. And that's why the scripture says, submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Flee meaning like run light as in terror away from you. After you submit to God. Huh? After you submit to God. After you submit to God. Submit to what? I submit to the fact that Jesus shed his blood for me. 
I submit to the fact that God is my God. He is not just my God, he is my Father. I submit to the fact that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I submit to the fact that I am an overcomer because he overcame. I submit to the fact that I always have the victory. I submit to the fact that I have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead uh, on my behalf. And it's there for me to access as needed. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The blood. Now listen to this. What we have to understand was because of man, because of Satan giving, uh, giving Satan a footing within him, God withdrew from man. He withdrew from us, all right? And so man was now outside of the garden. I want you to listen to what I'm saying. And, and he was beyond the reach of God now. Or he was beyond, man had become beyond the reach of God's glory. Look at, uh, do me a favor. Go to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Romans 3, 23. Let's look at it. You know what that verse of Scripture said? It says here, I'm trying, it says for all, it says for all have done what? Sinned. Sinned. And come short of what? The glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we were outside, at, because of what Adam did, uh, we were outside of the reach of the glory of God. Oh, but the blood. What man, what man has done there's now in him until it's removed it renders him morally God morally unable to help us because of what Adam did oh but the blood Amen? Amen. Amen. But the blood now removes that barrier. It restores man to God and God to man. And man is now in favor. And man and God, and, 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 and now because man is in God's favor, right? God's on his side. Now we can stand. We can stand, and we can face Satan, and we can face any situation without fear. Hallelujah! Amen. Any Amen. situation without fear. I'm going to show you some. I'm going to look at some scriptures here, and I'm going to wrap it up. I want to go first to Colossians chapter one, and I'll give you the verse here in a second. says here for verse 9 for this cause we also since the day we heard do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God Strengthening with all might. Look what he's saying here. Strength, we saw that earlier. Strengthening with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Giving thanks unto God. 
the Father, or giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet, which hath made us meet, what does that word meet mean? Which hath made us qualified. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us qualified to be partakers, partners of the inheritance of the saints in life. Watch this. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated. Now, listen, people. This, this does not say going to. His, you have to see the past tense of this. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us, have already done it, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The blood is spoken. That's right. You've been made a partaker. Amen. You're in the family of God. The blood has spoken. You're in the family right now. The blood of the land, the legal side of your redemption. The word of your testimony is the vital side of your redemption. It is vital that you make testimony as to the fact that what he just said here, that I, let's make some testimony. Giving thanks unto God who has made me a partaker, who has qualified me to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in life. Who has delivered me? I'm delivered. This is my testimony. I'm delivered from the part of, from the powers of darkness. Mm -hmm. And I've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You can find me in the kingdom of his dear son. The blood is spoken. First John chapter 1, verse 7. See how deep this thing goes. First John. Chapter 1 and verse 7. But if we walk in light as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another. Here that word fellowship is. I said I spoke about that earlier. <laughs> Before we ever came on. Folks, you need to be in fellowship with your fellow believers. Absolutely. But if we walk in light as he is in light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from some sin. Oh. How many? Oh. How much? All of it. All sin. The blood cleanses us from all sin. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. I'm going to be over there for a little bit. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. You with me? Amen. What shall we say then? What shall we then say to these things? If God for us, who can be against us? Watch this now. 
He hath spared not his own son, but delivered him, delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things. Freely give us all things. This should be my language. I don't need to bleed blood. Amen. I need to speak this. The blood is spoken for me. Yes. I need to see myself. I need to see myself. I need to see that the blood has done enough, has done everything it needs to do to bring me and my generations into the blessing of the Lord. Yes. I can't get stuck there. It's spoken. It was poured out for me. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, what is that? Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. What justified me? What declared me justified? The blood of Jesus. Who can lay anything to me? It is the blood of Jesus. No demon, nobody, nobody can. It is the blood of Jesus. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yes, rather, uh, that is risen again, notice the emphasis, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for me. My God, my Savior, is forever making intercession for me. And for you, if you're a believer, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, Famine, nakedness, pearl, sword. Nothing can separate us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. For I am persuaded. Are you persuaded? I am persuaded that death, nor life, nor angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, because of his blood. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. Furthermore, we have had fathers of the flesh which corrected us. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong one. Hebrews chapter 9. I'm sorry. Forgive me. That didn't sound right from the word go. But Christ becoming an high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place and have obtained eternal redemption for us. Do we recognize his blood as obtaining uh, eternal redemption for us? Are we still trying to work the blood? Why do we need to work the blood? Huh? We're already there. 
like I said, I, I don't, you know, when people use those phrases, I don't know. I never, I've never seen it in the scripture, but I know that God wants our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. He wants us to know and understand what the blood has done, what it's accomplished, who we are, whose we are, and where we are in position in the family of God. Amen. And what is, what is, what the inheritance is. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. First mm -hmm. mm. John chapter 2 and verse 1 and 2. People have been beat over the head so bad. Believers by their failure, by mistakes, by 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 sin that you know others have recognized, and we beat these people over the head. And if they're not born again believers, we need to get them saved. But if they're believers, we need to tell them who they are. We need to tell them that the lifestyle that they're living is not who they are; that they have the life and nature of God on the inside of them. And we need to pray for them, and we need to do what Jesus is doing: is let's make an intercession for them. Amen. Absolutely. Yes. There's some people, as we always say, that, that you that they're really not saved. They haven't gotten saved. They've said the prayer with you know what they call a prayer of salvation, but they, they didn't mean it. They look at that's fire insurance. Just in case there's a God. Don't really believe. The scripture says that comes to God must first believe believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. And another thing, too, when you come to God. You should be saying, what you're saying is, I'm turning my will over to you, Lord. It's not my will, it's your will. That's the reality of it. So if you think you want to hang on to your will and be a believer, you got a whole hard road to hope the rest of your life. Yes. First John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, praise God, here he is calling us, I little children. Because why? Because my little children, because we're in the family. These things I write unto you that you sin not. Don't sin. But... Anyway, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Amen? Yes, amen. He shed his blood for the yeah. whole world. And he wants us to accept it and come into his family. Hebrews chapter 9, and we're going to read verse 14, and I'm going to end here. Hebrews 9, verse 14. Hebrews 9, 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot unto God, purging your conscience from dead works, purging your conscience from dead works, purging your conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. Glory to God. Our lives should bring glory to God. Our lives should bring glory to God. And I'm going to tell everyone else up, those of you that listen to me here on Facebook, those of you that are in our church family, I'm going to tell every one of you. You need to get to your, get in your church and get committed. You need to find a place that you can go and hear the word and hear the living word of God and get into an atmosphere where the presence of God is to receive what you need from God. And don't make excuse for not going to a church. Find your church home that preaches Jesus Christ. And I know you've heard that old lie, well, I can have a relationship with God. I can have a relationship with God and not 
and, uh, and not go to a church where you can have a relationship with God, but do you have a real relationship, not being around other like-minded believers? You see, we are all believers. Uh, we have lived, some of you are sick in your body, some of you, and I'm talking to believers now, I'm not talking to the world yet, I'll get to you in a second, but some of you believers, and you got all these things going on in your life, but you're laying up at home, mm. and winding them up. Find you a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Amen. Go somewhere, or, you know, get committed, you know, commit to a church, and, uh, you know, sow into the church. Yes. You know, don't just sit and lay back, and, and you cooking your dinner while you, or your, your Sunday dinner uh, while you listen to the Word because you won't get the meat of the Word. Mm. The Holy Spirit uh, wants to speak to your heart. Amen. Amen. He wants you to have fellowship with other believers. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. He loves you. Amen. For those of you who never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. You've heard this word, and, 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 and it's moving in your heart, and it's, you know, something's going on, you just know it. It's just the Holy Spirit trying to invite you in. This is your invitation to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, because I don't care what you say about how good you are, and how good you've been to people, and all the good stuff you've done. None of those kind of works is going to bring you salvation, the salvation that you need. That's right. Doesn't matter how good you are, if you've never done it, I don't care if you say you never sinned. If you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's not even about your sin. It's about the sin of the one of, of your of Adam and Eve, because it came upon all men. The same way that through Jesus Christ, the blessing has come upon all men. So if you receive, if you'll, if you'll accept Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior, if you'll recognize the fact, fact that you're a sinner, not not because you're imperfect, but because you're just a sinner by nature. God wants to offer you his nature today. Yes. He wants to offer you his nature through his son, Jesus Christ, who died and paid the price for our wrath, for all wrath, for all charges against us. He paid and he answered the call for all the charges against us. In other words, that, uh, that, that we would be, we'd be found not guilty because of what he did, that, that there are no more charges, there are no more charges against us anymore, that he met every one of them, Amen. through his death and his burial, and his resurrection, through the price that he paid, through the shedding of his blood, it was his blood that was shed for you, that made, that gives you the uh, opportunity and the ability to become righteous through him, his blood. So if you will accept that today and just say, Jesus, say, Father God, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. That, Lord, I hear you calling me, and I accept the call today. Lord, I, 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 I need Jesus Christ. I accept Jesus Christ into my heart. Jesus, come live in me and have your way. Come take up your abode in me. Come live in me, Jesus. I accept you. I believe that you died for me on the cross. I believe that you paid a debt that I couldn't pay for myself. I believe that your blood was shed for me. I ask you to come live on the inside of me. Jesus said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If you believe that word in your heart today, And you will confess it with your mouth, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you would be saved. If you've asked Jesus into your heart, 
in Jesus' name, then you are born again. Your Father accepts your call, your plea. He accepts your plea for salvation today. And Jesus has come. And he lives on the inside of you. And you're in the family of God. Amen. You're newly born. You're born again. That's what it means to be born again. You have become born again. We welcome you into the family. And God and all the hosts of heaven welcome you into the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 Amen.